You're listening to the Wordslinger Podcast, episode 136, Riders on a Train with Jay Thorne. This episode of the Wordslinger Podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at DraftToDigital.com. It's the Wordslinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the word slinger. Word slinger. Hey, everybody, this is Kevin Tomlinson, the word slinger. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again, another week. Um, to Chip Polk, it was not a test. <laughs> Chip wrote me to ask uh, why he hadn't heard a Wordslinger podcast in a couple weeks. One of the reasons was Thanksgiving, um, which I did announce beforehand would be a difficult time for me to produce an episode. Uh, so I did skip Thanksgiving. Last week is a little different story. Last week, last week was a um, was more about technical difficulties <laughs> than I brought on myself. Frankly, um, long story short, I had I had ordered a. Um, a new computer. I had ordered a uh, um, an iMac. Um, I decided I wanted uh, something with a little more uh, screen real estate, a little maybe a little more punch, um, something dedicated to uh, to podcasting. Well, I was going to do my writing on it as well, but um, it would be the at home on my desk computer for uh, getting everything done. And uh, it came in that day, and uh, uh, lots of things happened. <laughs> It came in the day I was going to produce the show, and I was going to produce it on that device, and then uh, basically it quickly ate my life. Um, the uh, The short version of this whole thing is I, I sent it back, uh, which is very rare for me. I, I'm one of those people who psychologically, once it's in my hands, it's mine. Um, but this time, uh, you know, it, the performance of the thing was so slow, it was so clunky, uh, it, it looked gorgeous, but it just was not performing the way it should. Um, so I decided I would uh, go back to the uh, MacBook Air for producing this stuff, which works out fine. However, uh, I decided, you know, because I was having some issues with the Air, frankly. I was having some, uh, it was also getting a little clunky and slow. So what I decided to do was reformat, start fresh, and uh, and clean it up. And it works brilliantly. However, <laughs> everything that I, all my little presets and everything I had set up uh, before to do the show we're all gone, and uh, I'm having weird little technical glitches. So I'm in now. I'm recording. Everything seems to be working just fine. I can hear everything finally. Um, so there you go. I had some technical difficulties that I brought on myself. <laughs> so, um, now, I'm gonna. Uh, we're going to get into our interview with Jay Thorne. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. Um, I did. And uh, I just want to let everybody know I'm going to have some, uh, I've got a new segment on the show. I'm trying to keep up, maintain. Um, I'm doing an, an indie publishing uh, news minute kind of thing. Uh, and I've got some stuff I'm going to announce right after the interview. So stick around for that. It's, it's going to be a cool, I think it's going to be a cool feature. It's just adding extra work. I want to tell everyone up front, um, I'm probably not going to produce more than maybe one episode between now and the end of uh, 
of uh, the year. Um, and I, I, in reality, I probably won't produce another episode until 2018. I'm, I'm sorry if that's an inconvenience to anyone. Uh, <laughs> I do understand. Um, <clears throat> but the, the, the trick here is going to be figuring out how to break off and do this stuff while I'm uh, engaged in a whole bunch of end-of-year uh, activities. And one of those is family. I've got, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up, and uh, just like you, I got family. Uh, so, you know, the Christmas holiday is going to eat up some of that time. But I'm also traveling. Next week, I'll be traveling to Oklahoma City. And while I could, it's theoretically possible for me to do podcasts from there, uh, I anticipate it's going to be a, a fairly busy and hectic week. So um, I'm, I'm probably not going to produce an episode for next week. And I'm really sorry. Uh, so Chip, I'm sorry about that. Uh, to everyone else, I do understand uh, the frustration there. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, uh, I get it. I mean, I, I, I get upset when the shows go on hiatus or something. Um, but it won't be forever. It'll probably be after the new year. I, I can pick up again. Um, but then again, I may surprise us all and produce uh, one or two episodes. I try to do some in advance. It's really difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. Um, well, and it's difficult because of the way I operate, I guess. Because I'm I, now that I'm adding, I've added video. It adds layers of complication. So, oh man. I would love to have a simple, easy button. <laughs> if anyone invents one, let me know. Other than that, um, the rest of the news I will hold until after this interview. I now I had a I had this conversation with Jay Thorne a while back. We were talking about his uh, at at that point upcoming. I believe it's already passed, but the uh, <clears throat> the whole writers on a train thing. I think you're going to dig that. Um, I know I I kind of like the idea of the retreat, uh, the author co-pilot. Uh, retreat, I guess, is the is what we're calling it. But if uh, and they're going to they're going to do this again, so there's going to be plenty of opportunity to uh, to check it out, try it out for yourself. Uh, I, th- I think it's kind of a fun thing. I might actually try to sit in on one of these at some point. So, uh, but anyway, I'm not going to keep you back for uh, for any longer. I'm going to let you hop right in. I hope you enjoy this interview with Jay Thorne. Please stick around to the end of the interview, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, okay, so every now and then I talk to somebody who's uh, not just an author but has some other gig going on, uh, usually something fun. And this, this, one's, this one's pretty cool. Now, uh, he, I, I know this guy from sort of way back. Uh, we're Facebook buddies, and uh, we, we kind of run in the same circle. So I'm talking to Jay Thorne. Uh, he's the co-founder of Molten Universe Media, and uh, they, got a, they got something really awesome we're going to introduce. I mean, other people already know about this, but it's uh, Authors on a Train, which I just love saying over and over <laughs> again, Authors on a Train. I feel like I should be doing that in like a Samuel Jackson voice, though. Uh, I'm tired uh, of these, you know. Snakes on a plane, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm going to keep it clean, though, because I, I, I cannot drop the uh, F-bombs on the Word Singer podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Jay, man, thanks for being on the show. Hey, man. Uh, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, and we had to reschedule because of uh, the hurricane. Uh, yeah, a little thing like that. A yeah, little right. tiny thing that nearly uh, flooded me out of house and home. So. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> no, man. I was really blessed. I did not um, – when we didn't even lose power. I mean, we were kind of sweating it at the end, but it was uh, – we, we came off uh, – much better than so many other people. So, yeah, um, yeah that you're fortunate. Yeah, yeah, blessed. <laughs> I'm going to go with blessed. Uh, so uh, 
now you uh so thank you for rescheduling and uh, i do apologize for that now so you are an immense man you're a giant uh because yes. your head is nearly touching the ceiling in this uh <laughs> i told you i was gonna call that out <laughs> the people on the audio feed are like what they're like huh yeah, he sounds big he yeah, sounds he's huge. A big voice uh so you're you have a standing so i also have a standing desk although when i do the podcast i i pull up a a stool, uh, yes. a rescue stool, as I call it. <laughs> um, but so you you have a standing desk and you're in an attic. Yes. And, this uh, isn't like show topic really, but I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to put you on the spot. <laughs> it's kind of interesting though. Uh, we, when we moved into this house about 12 years ago, it's a, it's a really beautiful old neighborhood in Cleveland, like an inner ring suburb from the early 1900s. And right our house had an unfinished attic. And as soon as we moved in, I was like, oh, that's going to be my spot because yeah. I, I knew I needed a little separation from the family. So right. uh, we finished it off and I love it, but it's definitely, it's, it's an unconventional space. But yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel in, uh, you know, claustrophobic at all? I mean, the, no, it's uh, it's it's not as small as it looks on the camera. It, okay. It's really a, a, a very decent sized attic. I have a, I have a full couch on one side and I've oh, got, okay guitar amps and it's it's nice it's, it's a nice little office space that's cool i like i'm a I, I have this obsession with author spaces so <laughs> because and every now and then you come across like an article on uh i don't know what, what one of those like uh board panda or something that's yeah. like 15 author spaces yeah. and i'll you know I'll kind of obsess over them for a while. And, you know, most authors are slobs, you know, <laughs> Neil Gaiman surprised me like his author space. It's like a epic library, but then, oh, yeah. you know, it's a little, it's not kind of on the cluttered side, but I like <laughs> to keep my stuff neat. Man. I do too, uh, man. My virtual desktop, my real desktop, clean, clear as much as I can. I'm glad you said virtual desktop too. Yes. Because I, I, I was telling you, I just did like a video walkthrough. Uh, and so I'm, the Mac user, like the only one who uses the little, uh, what do you call the bar at the bottom of the, you know, the task, not task bar, but you know, with all your apps on it. Oh, I'm yeah. the only one who, who actually uses that and just crams it full of stuff. So <laughs> I'm sure people will think I'm bizarre. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's been desktop talk, everybody. And we thank you for tuning in. <laughs> We're gonna, I'm going to do a whole thing on author spaces someday. I, I think don't know that'd what be the, pretty fascinating. I think it'd be pretty cool. I'm yeah. gonna I, I, now. Now I'm inspired. All right. So, <laughs> but I want to talk about um, authors on a train, <laughs> and I feel like there should be a sound effect every time <laughs> I bring that up. Uh, I don't have a sound effect, but uh, so what? Tell me, kind of the idea behind that. Like, what what is authors on a train? Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll take you back to the beginning, and uh, this may or may not be true, but it's become sort of uh, lore now. So we're just going to roll with it. Uh, oh, we get an apocryphal story. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need a campfire. Yeah, this is good. This is good. <laughs> really, but, uh, you know, um, for my for my day job, uh, three four years ago, I started. Um, I had to go to the West Coast once a year to do some work, and. Yeah. I hate flying and it's a hassle and it sucks. And, yeah. and I was looking to do something different. So what I ended up doing was uh, taking Amtrak's California Zephyr, which ran from Chicago. It runs from Chicago to Emeryville right outside of San Francisco. And it's, it's supposedly the most uh, scenic train route in, in North America. Yeah. And uh, it takes like 49 hours. So it's, it's like two nights and two days on the train. And uh, so anyways, I tried it out and it was amazing. I loved it. And I got a ton of writing done because there's no Wi-Fi. It was very spotty cell service. 
So you, you're kind of sequestered. Like you, you know, you're, you're kind of into a situation as a writer that it's a really great place to be. Right. And uh, I did this for two or three years. And then at one point I was, I tweeted a picture or something and Lindsay Broker happened to, to see it. And she was like, Oh, that looks pretty cool. I'd like to write on a train. And that's kind of how it started. All right. All right. So I had this idea. I'm like, well, what if, uh, cause I'm, I'm, I'm really big on collaboration. I've done a lot of collaborations, mostly on the creative side, but also on the marketing and cross promo side. Right. So I went to, um, I, I, uh, I talked to uh, Lindsay, uh, Joanna Penn, Zach Broker, and I somehow uh, hoodwinked them into coming with me on a train from Chicago to New Orleans. Okay. And uh, our plan was that we were going to meet in Chicago. Um, the, it's the uh, city of New Orleans, I believe is the line. And it's a, it's a single overnight. It's like 19 hours and it leaves in the evening and arrives in the afternoon the next day. So what we decided to do is we would meet in Chicago and we would work on the story uh, on the train. And then we, were, we spent five days in New Orleans uh, writing the first draft of what became American Demon Hunter Sacrifice. Oh, wow. That's, um, so that, there's so many things that are cool about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you said, okay, so that train ride, did you say Chicago to, to New Orleans was an overnight? Yes. It's one a, night? It's, it's a one night. It's 19 hours. Uh, okay. Yeah. How long was this, the whole train trip total though, since you guys were working on a, a collaboration together? Like, yeah, we, you know, we, um, the train boards are around 8 PM in Chicago. So, uh, okay. uh, jo uh, Joanna and Lindsay, I think had met each other in real life before, but Zach and I had not met in real life and I yeah. had not met Joanna or Lindsay. So we, when we first got to Chicago and we first got on the train, we kind of hung out and we got to say hello and give each other hugs and stuff. Yeah. We started working on the story and then we went to sleep on the train in the sleeper car, which we had. And then uh, the next morning we woke up and we started doing some story plotting and character development and stuff. And then when we got to New Orleans, that's when we started the, the really like hardcore first draft. That's very cool. Yeah, I like that. It kind of reminds me of the whole like mystery train thing, yeah. you know, <laughs> where everybody's on board and there's like people in costume and somebody dies <laughs> well, you know what was really cool about it and like we had decided uh early on that we were going to set the story in my american demon hunters world mostly out of convenience because right. the world was established the characters were established and so we could sort of plug the story into that and what we realized really really quickly is like what a great um treasure trove of of opportunity we had being on the train because we wrote about things that happened on the train and like the, the Peruvian chocolate brownie that we had and the, <laughs> that we uh, killed off and, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, it, so the trip became part of the story and the story yeah. of the trip. So it was, it was just like this really super cool experience. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I, I kind of dig that as a concept, like, you know, you, there is that, and there's a particular name for this sort of thing. And I think it's like a ship in a bottle, uh, story. Um, oh, yeah. Star Trek is famous for these because, you know, limited sets or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, Murder on the Orient Express yeah. is that kind of story. Like it's right. one limited setting. Uh, also, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, which yeah. is, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So you're, you're following in a time-honored tradition in a way, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just kind of dig that that whole scene, man. I mean, the problem for me, of course, is I'm I'm – I just don't collaborate well. <laughs> I don't play well um, with others. So I would have to really suck it up to, to be able to 
have fun with it, I guess. You know, but I could, I think you'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised what you can do. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, here's an example. So, like, um, Zach, not so much, but definitely Lindsay, definitely Joanna, myself, we're all pretty severe introverts. And yeah. we like, we're lone wolves. We like to do stuff on our own, we like to do things our way. And, uh, and so the four of us coming together, I mean, that poses a whole nother set of challenges. And, right. and, and I, you know, I, I'm not going to stand here and say like, we didn't have any creative differences or we were just sitting around a campfire singing all the time. Like, you know, we had to work some things out, but yeah. uh, I think everyone sort of brought their best and what the four of us created was, was really rich and, and with different voices, but yet a cohesive story. And, and we were we were pretty proud of what we were able to accomplish and surprised by it as well. Yeah. So was it um, everyone sort of contributes elements and one person writes the story or did everybody write something? The way we did it is everyone took a POV and we wrote from four different POVs. Oh, okay. Okay. And okay. Uh, what we realized, uh, what we we're trying to do early on was just sort of do it more of a, in a pantsing style. And then we kind of hit a wall where we were like, okay, we're going to need, not necessarily like a very detailed outline, but we're going to need some story beats or, or, or some structure because, yeah. you know, uh, early on, Lindsay and I were sort of overwriting each other. Like, you know, we're writing the same scene at the same time and, and it wasn't syncing up. So once we kind of circled the wagons and like, all right, hit pause and then mapped out the basic story and then we could go off on our own and we could sort of write at our own pace and we were still reading each other's stuff, but it wasn't entirely dependent because we knew what the overall plot was going to be at that point. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I mean, that, that seems like a, a good way to handle it. And I'm kind of in a project similar to that, uh, at least in, in that we're going to have three uh, stories focused on the same sort of event. So mm, it's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So in uh, you guys, uh, I assume you published it or going to have you already published it yeah that was part of our challenge um, okay we, we made it way harder than it needed to be on purpose <laughs> okay on so, purpose yeah one, one of the things <laughs> we did um that we probably said was not the best idea was first of all not having a solid outline that was number one but number two right. our goal was to finish the first draft while we were in new orleans and so we were each writing like three to five thousand words a day because yeah. we, we knew we wanted to hit a, a word count for a novella and then the added pressure was like we were we had our publication date was set. It was like two or three weeks after the trip ended. So mm -hmm. we knew we did not have a ton of time to turn around revisions and get it to an editor and the proofreading and, and the formatting and like all that stuff that has to come with it. So right. um, we, we created that ourselves. It probably wasn't the best, but it was uh, it was it was fun to tackle that challenge. Yeah, that's cool. So um, are you guys, you publish under one name and then you're sort of splitting the, the profits from it or what? Okay. We, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the a publisher of record you know, okay. just because we needed to have it in, you know, one person to manage the title. Yeah. Uh, and, but uh, all the others are, names are attached to it. We're all on the cover. Um, we went, you know, a quarter for all of the expenses and a quarter for all the royalties. And that's on all formats and all books and every platforms and everything. That's cool. Yeah. That's the toughest part about the uh, collaborative work really is it basically comes down to the easiest way to do it is for somebody to be trustworthy and you hand it over to them. Um, yeah. yeah that, that's a challenge. And, and it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a challenge. Um, like Amazon, for example, was, was really challenging because 
uh, Zach and I were in this situation with Molten Universe when we were trying to set things up. Like we would email KDP support and we would say, can we create a separate KDP dashboard for Molten Universe? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they would say yes and other times they would say no. And we're like, well, do we really want to risk our entire uh, author business right. on the person who said yes when technically it's no? Because you, you know how Amazon works. Like right. you can just wake up one morning and your, your dashboard is disabled. No, that's the problem. I, I don't know how Amazon works and neither yeah. is anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love Amazon. I'm, I, I'm not bad right. about They're such a behemoth that, you right. know, it depends on who you get. And, and neither of us were willing to risk that based on, you know, the first level tech supports response. So, right. um, you know, in, in, in a collaborative, collaborative effort, um, whether you're, you know, setting up the dashboard on draft to digital or whether you're going to direct to Amazon or Kobo or wherever, um, I think you, at right now, as of, you know, September of 2017, I think you're right. I think you do need to have sort of a point person, a publisher right. of record. Right. And hopefully it's a trustworthy person. I kind of, I always wonder about that because technically if I start a small press, uh, if I start a small publisher, um, I could, there's technically no reason, shouldn't be, uh, why I, I personally, Kevin Tomlinson, can't have my channel with my books and then my publisher is its own entity with its own tax ID and its own email address and it has its own channel. Technically, that shouldn't be a problem. But again, we are dealing with Amazon where problems that weren't problems become problems all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, and, and that may in fact, what you just described may in fact be perfectly legit and, and be something that Amazon is totally fine with, but yeah. we cannot get a consistent response and it's like, well, right. Better play it safe. I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. You can totally do that on draft digital. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> no, you absolutely can. And, and I'm in the process right now. And I think we're going to get to this because I, I, you know, I definitely need to give draft digital some serious props, which we'll talk about in a second, but sure. um, the whole American demon hunter series and the, and the book sacrifice that we did is now coming out of KDP select, you know, mm -hmm. sort of one title at a time staggered and, and, Probably by mid-October or within, say, four weeks, all of those titles will be through draft to digital to all the major retailers, and we're pretty excited about that. That is pretty cool, yeah. What made you decide to go that route? Well, you know, it was um, – uh, so, the, so the route we, we decided to go with Sacrifice uh, was to go to KDP Select first. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, you know, I, I think uh, – and I talked to Mark at, at, at Kobo, and they're great people, and – you know, I think it's it's a pretty standard move these days for a launch is to is to do the first days in in uh, in KDP Select, but you know it doesn't necessarily work for all titles all the time. So right. I, I don't. Would we do it again? I don't know. Lindsay, I think Lindsay was the one who was most reticent about um, about going exclusive, and yeah. because she has uh, some great readership on other platforms and didn't want to leave them out. And I know, yeah, that's... yeah, we totally get that. And then you know, the hard part though is also like. When you go KDP Select, you're essentially getting two markets for the price of one. You know, like you, right. you know, Kindle Unlimited is, is a platform, and the regular Amazon is a platform, and so it's hard to pass up those page reads if you get them. Um, right. But right. you know, you, you do trade. That's what you're trading for. Yeah. It. So well, it's, it's, it's all choice. strategy, man. I mean, even yeah. I, you know, I have a series that's in KDP right now. Um, you know, despite everything else being wide, and it's largely a strategy because of the switch in genres. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I'm trying to build that platform. And yeah. there's a weird halo effect that happens when you uh, start doing well on Amazon. Uh, you actually start doing well with the rest of your titles uh, across the board. It's just weird. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. I, I have, <clears throat> you know, of course, everything I have other than this three book series so far is, is wide through D to D. I have books that go really well on, uh, on select and suddenly all my books start selling better on D to D. So I, I don't know what causes that. I'm looking into it. I want to bottle it. <laughs> well, let, us, let us know when you figure that out. Will you? I will, man. But it makes a very good argument for going wide with everything. Uh, yeah. Just saying. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now um, you guys have another of these author on a train events. Is this, this is going to become a regular thing. Huh? You're going to do this like two or three times a year or what? Well, you know, Zach and I have to figure that out. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we were sitting around much like the original, much like the trip we took in March with Joanna and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. This was not part of our master plan. Uh, we were, Zach and I were having dinner outside a bar in the, in the French quarter on one of our last nights there. And we were saying like, man, wouldn't this be cool if we could do this for other people? Like we knew yeah. Lindsay and Joanna didn't, you know, weren't interested in doing it again, but we're like, what if we could host it and bring people with us and sort of give them this type of experience? How cool would that be? Yeah. And from that conversation, we decide, well, you know what, let's throw up a landing page. Um, let's see if people are interested. If they are, we'll do it. If they're not, that's fine because yeah. we don't want to make a full-time gig out of this. Uh, we want to write fiction. Um, but as it turned out, people were interested and, yeah. um, and, and a credit to, to draft to digital and to you and to Dan Wood, you guys, uh, stepped up and along with, uh, some other great sponsors, um, are sponsoring, uh, this retreat. It's okay to name the other sponsors. This, oh, we're not right. limited. You, <laughs> is not Kobo one of the sponsors? Yeah, so we got oh, we, we, we love got Kobo. Kobo is sponsoring. <laughs> uh, Find a way voices is sponsoring. Yeah, yeah, uh, one of symmetric, our partners. Yeah, symmetric design. Yeah. Uh, the Selmore Book Show, and then just recently we added uh, Literature and Latte, who's sponsoring oh, yeah. people, and Vellum. Uh, have signed on to, to sponsor us. So, I, I won't hold Vellum against you. There's a little bit of rub there. But, uh, no, that's good. Vellum, yeah. by the way, and I just want to make this clear because I had, I had a whole thing about Vellum. Uh, like we, we just did our, we just released our templates, right. you know, our ebook <laughs> templates. And uh, I kind of poked at, at Vellum a little bit. We actually love Vellum because they're, it's beautiful and it's, you know, it's a little out of reach for some authors, you know, but it's because it's not just the software cost, but the hardware, you know, a lot of authors don't use Macs and which I don't know. I don't understand that, but uh, (laughs) anyway, there, there, I've, I've smoothed things over. Uh, In in all seriousness, like we, we did not, we, we approached uh, companies and we approached companies whose products we've been using for years. Uh, we thought that was important to have a really authentic connection. And, and right. you and Dan at D2D uh, and, uh, and, and Mark and Kelly at Findaway, like yeah. all of you guys and all of your businesses really believe in supporting independent authors and have been yeah. part of this community for a long time. And it, it just seemed like a really natural and organic fit. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I agree. Um, we're, we're happy to be a part of it. I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to keep pushing you to get like some – you know, as part of our sponsorship, get, getting a certain wordslinger on the train. I'm going to keep <laughs> messing with you on that. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, to go because I to, think wordslinger on a train would make a great episode title. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, well, and, you, know, back, you asked me a few minutes ago, like, are we going to do more of these? So, like, yeah. you know, I think what what we have now is uh, the good news is we sold out this this trip in November. Uh, uh-huh. We had decided that we were going to. We're going to only take eight people because we wanted to, to be able to completely manage it and really knock it out of the park. And so we're like, okay, let's, we'll, we'll cut it off at eight. And we sold that out and, uh, and we have a wait list now. And 
we would definitely like to do one or, or maybe two of these a year, depending on demand. And, yeah. uh, and you know, we'd love to get a word slinger on, on a, on a few <laughs> there so. you go. Hey, I'll, I'll podcast live, dude. So, I'm just, so I'm throwing, I'm going to throw in whatever I can throw in. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So we're, okay. So the, you have another one come up. What, no, what's the route for the, the next one? We, we're going to do the same type same. of trip. Yeah, okay. we're going we're gonna to go from Chicago to New Orleans. We're going to spend uh, five days or so in New Orleans. Uh, where it's a little different is that, um, you know, Joanna and Lindsay are, are very seasoned veterans of, of, this, of this industry. And mm-hmm. uh, what we're doing now is we're taking uh, people who really want to learn how to collaborate but haven't had an opportunity to, to try it yet. And right. uh, so we're going to manage the, the collaboration aspect and, and uh, help people co-write stories together, which we'll publish as a, as a single anthology. And then in the afternoon portion of our days in New Orleans, we're going to do like marketing and publishing workshops for these eight people. Okay. And uh, when is that happening? Uh, that's going to be on uh, the first or second week of November. I forget right, the exact right. date. But, uh, yeah. You, everything is happening in that time. That's why I couldn't go yeah. this time. Uh, yeah, you know, no. <laughs> I got like a hundred different conferences. Um, but no, that's awesome, man. I, I, the whole concept is just very cool. And it's kind of cool how it came about, you know, I mean, just sort of a, Hey, what if, uh, while at, while in new Orleans, well, the funny thing for me would be, uh, I'd have to fly to Chicago, ride the train back to new Orleans and basically just drive home from new Orleans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Zach, Zach made this funny joke. Cause like Zach lives in Nashville and okay. the train goes through Memphis, which is only like a two and a half, three hour drive between Nashville and Memphis. Yeah. So Zach flew from Nashville to Chicago, got on the train, slept on the train, woke up the next morning in Memphis. <laughs> 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 so, you know, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, it's about the experience, but I should, uh, I should just drive to new Orleans when you guys are, are going to be there and just, you know, just drop go to cafe du Monde or something. And, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we've got a um, uh, nice shout out to Launchpad Nola. They're, uh, they're providing us some workspace while we're there. Right, right, right off the French quarter. And, mm-hmm. uh, we're all staying in the French quarter. So yeah, absolutely. If you want to, you know, if you want to drop in on us, I think Kelly from find a way it might be dropping in too. Yeah, so, yeah, by all means. yeah. I'll ask him. Hey, Kelly and I are going to be on a self-publishing podcast tomorrow. So oh, we're, nice. okay. I'll, uh, I'll ask him if he's <laughs> what he's planning to do. Yeah, he's I, think kind of, he, I think it would be interesting to see him in new Orleans actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you're going to do that round and this round's more about sort of teach, almost a teaching moment, teachable moment, teaching collaboration. Okay. Yep. Uh, what's the end product there? Are you guys going to do another book? Uh, I assume, you know, yeah, it, we, you know, it took us a while to figure this out because, um, you know, we're bringing eight strangers together. So we, you know, and across genres and stuff. It just sounds, it sounds like the tagline of a horror movie. Eight strangers. <laughs> eight strangers. Meet on a train, on a train in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I hope I hope I hope it won't be a horror story. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna end up publishing an anthology, and we're gonna uh, make it a New Orleans themed anthology. And so okay. that'll give people enough latitude that they'll be able to write a story that they're passionate about, um, and then somehow tie the, tie the whole anthology together. And one of the things that Zach and I decide to do is we are him and I are gonna write a short story together. But all of our prep meetings, our story meetings, all of our plotting, we're going to do that in front of people, in front okay. of these people so that they can, we can model for them sort of our collaborative process. Not that it's the right way, but it's, it's one way and it'll give them some ideas, hopefully. Yeah. 
That's that's very cool. I could see doing a kind of pre-trained webinar kind of thing where everybody can sit in at home and then you send them sort of the the show bible of the <laughs> of the universe like here's yeah. here's the main characters, here's the things you can do, you know. I could see doing that. That would, this yeah. would become a thing, man. Yeah, My, you know, it's it's going to be a lot of fun and and Zach and I are really looking forward to it and uh you know, like I said earlier, you know, we're not trying to make a business out of this. We, we just thought it'd be a really cool experience. And if we can right. do it for a year, for as long as people want to have them, um, we had such a good time and it was so transformative for us yeah. um, that it, I, you know, we, we know it's going to be great for other people. Well, it's, it's kind of like a mobile authors conference. Yeah. Like you, you guys are just kind of get together with other authors and everybody kind of, you have a project to unite you, but just being there is kind of the cool part. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, there's nothing wrong with writer's retreats, but a lot of times writer's retreats have a, a there's a, a singular location, but there's not a goal. There's not a team yeah, goal or yeah. a team target. And this, this gives everyone the opportunity to work towards a common goal within right. that short amount of time. Plus you get the advantage of being in New Orleans for five days. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And then you, what you, you, do you ride the train back or is everybody just go their separate ways from New Orleans? Everyone will, will probably go their separate ways from there. Oh, okay. What about you? Are you riding the train? Are you flying? I probably will. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. uh it, it's surprisingly affordable. And um, how, how a, much is it to do the train? It's, you know, it, depending on your accommodations and, and stuff. And uh, one way it's, it's a couple hundred bucks, maybe mm-hmm. three, 400 bucks, something like that. Uh, and that includes the, the sleeper car and the meals while you're wow. on the train. So oh. it's not the fastest. It's definitely not the cheapest, but um, if you're not in a hurry, yeah, uh, it's a good way to go. My wife and I have a, a vacation coming up in, uh, in late October and early November. And, uh, we have not settled on what we actually want to do. So maybe I can talk her into, you know, new Orleans to Chicago. She would dig that. Yeah. I bet, I bet I could pitch that. (laughs) I bet I could just text her right now and say, (laughs) here's my thought. And then suddenly she'll buy train tickets. Well, you know, Um, that's, that's a great option for someone who's never been on a train because you get the overnight experience, but it's one 19 hour trip as opposed to like going all the way across the country. Right. Well, see, and we don't have, well, I I say this and then I, I think I spotted like an Amtrak or something, but as far as I can determine, there's no like train service out of Houston. Like I can't find a way to board a train. I can get on a bus and drive and ride to Dallas and get on a train. That's the best I've found so far. Huh. And I've always wanted to do this, by the way. Like get on a train. <laughs> when we were in Europe, um, you know, we did a whole cross country thing in Europe, uh, you know, for a couple of days on on different trains. And uh, you know, I wrote a big chunk of uh my first series was written nice. on that yeah. train. So, you know, I, I would love to do that. <laughs> I'd do that just for the heck of it. I'll spend, you know, four or five hundred bucks to to go from one spot to another. And, and, yeah. and you know, then like there, there is something that you can't really quantify. I, I, I won't call it magical, but there's some juju in being on the train and being Man, a writer and you get right. inspired. Like it's it, a callback. You're like F Scott Fitzgerald and Hemingway. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and Agatha Christie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to claim it whether I am or not, I'm going to claim it. All right, man. Uh, okay. So how, uh, Getting into this and uh, you know, like how much does it cost someone to participate in this, by the way? 
Yeah, it, it's 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 an investment. Um, mm-hmm. We we have marketed this as a uh, a, a very high end experience. Um, it's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. So um, you know we're we're not we're not shy about what we're what we're charging for it or, or apologizing for, it, but it's it's thousands of dollars and yeah. uh, and it's really for people who want to make an investment in their writing career and they see collaboration as a way to get there because right. that's really what we're teaching is we're teaching people. How do you find the right person? And when you find the right person, how do you get to market with it? Because right. you find the right person doesn't mean you end up with a publishable product. Right. So, um, so it's, you know, it's comparable to a high-end writer's retreat or workshop. Um, and, but, you know, you get a product at the end, you get the experience Good. in the city, and hopefully you get to learn. Yeah. So it's, it's like the whole package. Yeah. Worthwhile. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're, we're kind of coming to the end, so we'll wrap up, but, uh, where can people find out about, well, let's start with the, with writers, uh, authors on a train. Where can they find out more about that? Dot com authors, on authors a train, on a train dot com. Com. I would have it no other way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which by the way, when your list of URLs you gave me, that was not one of them. So now I have I to type it. I Did just added it? it recently, so that's why I haven't. I okay. I'm glad you reminded me to put up my email signature because that's <laughs> I haven't I haven't put that on there yet. But um, authorsonatrain.com. There's a little interest form. There's no commitment. You just that'll get you on the list and to yeah. be notified for the next one. So yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's great, man. And where can people find more about you and uh, Molten Universe Media? Yeah, those are um, uh, pretty straightforward URLs. So moltenuniversemedia.com and mm-hmm. uh, I'm at jthorn.net. There you go. Straightforward URLs is w- what we're all about. Yeah, that's uh, what you got to go for yeah. these days. Exactly. All right, man. Hey, uh, so you hang out. Uh, we're going to do our the uh, Word Slinger after show with uh, me and you. Everybody else, uh, unless you're a Patreon subscriber, Sorry guys, you don't get to you don't get to hear that one. <laughs> uh, but you can be easily enough if you uh, hop on over to Patreon and support the show. Hopefully, I've got it set up by now. Otherwise, I'm just a big uh, buffoon talking <laughs> up something that doesn't exist. But uh, anyway, Jay, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Really pleasure, appreciate man. it. Thanks for supporting us. We really you got it, man. We're there for you. Uh, everybody else, you may be hearing the groovy bridge music right now. You may dance in place at will. And I'll see you on the other side with some housekeeping and updates. Otherwise, see you next time. Hey, welcome back. Okay, now prepare yourself and listen to this. Now that, my friends, is one of the new Dan Kotler themes. And that was uh, actually produced by Nick Thacker, a good friend of mine. You have heard him on the show before. And uh, I'm going to let this run underneath me, man. That's gonna making me feel very dramatic. Uh, but Nick has started a new service, and this is one of the uh, indie publishing news items on this week's list. Nick Thacker has created uh, Sonata and Scribe, which aims to provide original orchestrated music for your books. Uh, he's doing this for several people now, so you're going you're gonna to want to check this out. Go to sonataandscribe.com. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. You're going to want to do this. Because <laughs> is this cool or what? <laughs> All right. As the music fades out, uh, more interesting news uh, this week in indie publishing. Goodreads will now charge for its giveaway program, making it a lot harder for readers to discover indie books. Um, 
the Amazon-owned service announced that it will begin charging authors and publishers for what was once a free service, the ability to create and manage contests to give away free books to readers. Uh, authors can now expect to pay between $119 and $599 for the service. Uh, wow. And it remains to be seen, honestly, whether authors will actually use it uh, or will instead go to use something else, like perhaps a book funnel. <laughs> Where you could probably do it better anyway. Uh, you'll find a link to a story about this uh, in the show notes. Um, my opinion on that, <laughs> I think it's insane. I think it's insane for uh, Goodreads to start charging that amount of money. I think the $119 price tag might be considered okay-ish. I actually think that should be the premium price. And uh, they should offer this at a much lower price. Because what you're doing, honestly, is encouraging people to uh, to be a Goodreads uh, follower and uh, to participate. Uh, and uh, Amazon's able to gather demographic information from this while um, you are able to uh, encourage new readers. And new readers is what it's all about. So I, I think uh, charging for it doesn't bother me as much as the amount they're charging for it. Uh, opinions vary on this. When I brought this up on Twitter, I got a, I got called, I got called entitled. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I won't be paying for it. You know, how's that for a, a uh, reverse endorsement? Go do what you want to do. <laughs> Speaking of Amazon, Amazon is launching yet another new imprint. Uh, this time it's focused on the Kindle single store, Amazon original stories will release short fiction and nonfiction works that can be read in a single sitting. Uh, these will be free to Prime and Kindle Unlimited subscribers, of course. And uh, otherwise, it's going to cost you a buck ninety-nine per download. I personally think this is a good idea. I like this idea. Um, I think it's going to be particularly useful for essayists, uh, people who are writing short nonfiction. So if you want to uh, to publish and uh, get a following uh, for your nonfiction work, I think this is a good way to do it and possibly make a little bit of scratch on the side. Um, of course, I'm a big believer in short fiction, um, though I have not done much short fiction lately. I, uh, a large body of my work is built on novellas and short stories. So I really, uh, I kind of like this idea. I'm actually going to look into it myself. I don't know what the qualifications and uh, restrictions and permissions and that sort of thing are when it comes to this, but I'm going to see if I can become involved in it. It may be an invite-only thing now that I think about it. It seems to be the way the uh, Amazon imprint things work, but uh, we'll see. I'm going to check it out anyway. I think you probably will want to do the same. Um, but why I think this is cool and uh, possibly and potentially important is where it actually uh, is encouraging readers to to sort of become more active with this kind of short content. And I think short content is really a key. Moving into 2018, uh, since we are at the tag end of 2017, and this may well be the last Wordslinger podcast of the year, uh, <laughs> let me offer some predictions for 2018. I believe that 2018 is going to be a year of content marketing for authors. Um, content marketing is not a new concept by any stretch. However, um, a lot of authors, the approach that they have taken with content marketing, if they've done it at all, has been a little different than uh, the rest of the industries. Um, the online marketing industry is constantly evolving and changing. Uh, they're doing new things with content marketing that are interesting. I think for the author, we're going to start seeing a growth in uh, in sort of short content. Um, 
the uh, the stuff that's easily consumed in a, in a single sitting, and just like this Kindle, the Kindle singles. Um, I think we're going to start seeing more short fiction hitting the uh, digital bookshelves. I think we're going to start seeing uh, more short nonfiction as well. I, I'm, I'm excited about this as a prospect, actually. Um, but in addition to that, the content does not include does not exclude uh, everything that isn't writing. So you've also got the opportunity now uh, to reach your audience through video and audio in a way that uh, was slowly becoming possible before, but is now much more attainable uh, through platforms like Facebook's uh, Facebook Live and that sort of thing. Uh, we're starting to see a lot more interaction and engagement between authors and readers in those formats. So. I think I think this I think it's true. I think it's going to be I think 2018 is the year of the content for uh, for authors and publishers. Year of content. That's what I'm going to make it. So uh, let me know if you uh, have any opinions on this. You got any uh, anything? If you want to contribute news items, um, this is a new feature and I could use the help. So uh, hop on over to wordslingerpodcast.com. Use the contact form. I'm probably going to make something official at some point in the future so that it's a little easier for people to contribute these kind of stories. Uh, but uh, go check it out. I appreciate it. Now, uh, this episode of the Word Slinger podcast is, of course, sponsored in part by draft to digital where you can convert, publish, and distribute your book worldwide with support the whole way. Go check them out at draft digitalcom slash wordslinger. Uh, you can hop in there and, uh, you know, Get get you know get yourself set up and you can actually I'm telling you in like ten minutes it takes ten minutes or less uh, to go from uh, uploading your book and setting everything up to uh, publishing hitting publish on it so remarkable <laughs> and speaking of short fiction I mean I wrote a short story uh, I've talked about this before I wrote a short story while standing in line for a ride at Disney World I designed a cover I uh, pulled it all together got all the way up to publish. Uh, the publish button in uh, draft to digital and I included my free ebook layout with free templates and that sort of thing. So go, go, go. What are you doing? Go do it. <laughs> also brought to you uh, in part by KDP Rocket. Now, now you can take control. You can get more readers. You can increase your Kindle rankings using KDP Rocket to fine tune your keywords and, uh, and improve your SEO on Google and other search engines. Uh, this is this is a cool tool. You're going to check this out. And uh, if you go if you go check it out at Bitly slash KDP Slinger, uh, I get a little kickback for uh, everybody who who buys a copy of this. So. Very reasonably priced, in my opinion. It's a great tool, very powerful tool, and uh, Dave Chesham is always updating and upgrading that. So uh, you're going to want to tune into that. Plus, he's very dedicated to providing insight for the uh, for indie author community. So uh, definitely someone you're going to want to follow. You can uh, support the show as well if you subscribe and share. Subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, elsewhere. Make sure you are... Uh, Leaving reviews, I uh, man, those are helpful. If you'll go leave me a review, go give me four or five stars uh, and uh, tell me a little bit about what you dig about the show. That helps other people discover the show. So I really appreciate that. You probably, I don't know if you heard that ding. That was Kara saying hello to everybody. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can also support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Kevin Tomlinson, you'll be able to uh, donate financially to the show and every penny goes to the overhead of the show. So I really appreciate that. And of course, if you want to support me personally, 
the best way to do it, my favorite way to do it, is buy my books. Uh, go to kevintumlinson.com slash books. Uh, at, at currently, I am an archaeological thriller writer. My Dan Kotler books are, uh, are the same kind of exciting stories you can get from uh, Dan Brown. Uh, they've been compared to Clive Cussler. Uh, they've been compared in film to uh, National Treasure, books like that, uh, stories like that. So uh, if you enjoy those kind of stories, go check it out. KevinTumlinson.com slash books. If you're a sci-fi reader, there's a nice sci-fi catalog there. And you can also pick up my YA fiction, which is a lot of fun. Um, I actually do enjoy, I enjoyed my Sawyer Jackson books quite a bit. So that's um, that's it for this week. Um, as we go into the Christmas holiday season, I want to say to everybody, um, first of all, I, I, you know, I'm sorry that I may not get to talk to you again before, uh, before 2018, but, uh, as we go into the season, I just want you to make sure you take care of yourselves, make sure that you are doing, uh, you know, what the, uh, the intention of the season is, which is spending time with loved ones, family, friends, uh, being loving and being loved. Those are the things that are important. Uh, so if you are a, uh, an indie author, most of you are, I believe, um, you know, this is the stuff that makes all the work you do throughout the year worthwhile. Uh, so as, as we close out 2017 and we move into 2018, um, just remember, you know, you are where you are now because of the work you did yesterday. If you want to get to a new and better place tomorrow, you can start right now and uh, start start shaping your life through uh, your beliefs, through your attitude, through your actions. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm 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 honored to be a part of that. So any advice I can give, any help I can give, you know I will. So God bless each and every one of you. Have a merry Christmas. If I don't speak to you between now and then. And, and a happy new year. And uh, I'll see you all on the other side in 2018. Take care.